0: Welcome back to the Post Facto Podcast, the podcast where two nerdy teachers put down the red pen and pick up the mic to talk about games. And I'm back again with Keeks. Hi. Hello, Keeks. Uh, and I guess we're going to talk about what we talked about last week, but we're just going to talk about it some more uh, with a more educated viewpoint.
1: Let's talk about our new intro. Oh. New- <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm trying to polish that up.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should we should really we need to polish ourselves up a little bit. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, we're looking a little a little,
1: s- a little spit shine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, we're going to talk about because last week we talked, well, I actually talked about like a million games I was playing this week. I've only been playing one game. But last week we talked a little bit about Last Guardian, then we talked a lot about Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah. And since I'm selfish and we were just watching me play Last Guardian, let's talk about Last
0: Guardian. Let's do it. Let's Which do is it.
1: most of what I've been doing this week between, you know, working and meetings and band practices. Mm-hmm. Literally all my other time has been with Last Guardian. Can I
0: just interject really quickly and yes. say that you're right now, your cat is on your lap and <laughs> you're stroking your cat like you're Dr. Evil right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Matches is coming to, oh, there he goes Um, he's coming to hang out And actually, um, much like the, uh, me and my cat Um, The Last Guardian is a game about a boy and his large, feathery, um, webbed foot cat wow. Well, I guess not webbed feet, it's claw-footed cat <laughs> Um Yeah, what is Trico? Uh, Trico is a Trico Okay Like, Trico is not the name of the creature mm. Or, like, is not, like... Like, Matches has a name. His sure. name is Matches. Right. But Matches is a cat.
0: Trico is not his proper title.
1: Yeah, it's just a Trico. Okay. Yeah. He's one of many. Maybe. I don't know. Who oh, knows? I see. Uh, No spoilers here. <laughs> um, but, um... But... Trico... Or, Last Guardian is, is a game I've been waiting for for a long time. Because I consider eco and particularly shadow colossus among my favorite games ever and just some of the most interestingly designed like beautiful artistic games ever um and and i i really love last guardian and i would have a really hard time recommending it to someone who doesn't already express an interest in team eco games
0: Mm. okay yeah, I see. I haven't played Eco, but I okay. loved Shadow of the Colossus. Last
1: Guardian is much more Eco than Shadow of Colossus.
0: Okay, and I was going to ask you how uh, the Last Guardian stacks up, or does it fit within those three, like, like, to get, like <laughs> it's, together?
1: It certainly does. Um, I, I it is it is like I said, much more Eco than Shadow <laughs> Colossus. Shadow of Colossus is you know much more of like an action game. Um, yeah, and in, in that you're literally it's just a series of twelve boss fights, and then the puzzles that you're are are going through or completing are through those boss fights. Right. Um. Eco, since you haven't played it, I guess I'll give you a rundown. In Eco, you're a you know like teenage boy, I guess you would say. Um. That that encounters or that gets imprisoned and then kind of ends up falling out of prison and encountering um Yorda, who is a um similarly aged or older woman, and kind of like guiding her around um to escape this area. Mm-hmm. And um Yorda is not very useful in Eco, except in like this one moment that kind of, you know, is the emotional high point of the game. Um, you're really having to, like, you have to, one of the mechanics is you literally grab Yorda's hand and kind of guide her around. And then you're, like, having to save her, um, from these, like, weird creatures that are trying to take her away. Um, and you just, like, hit them with a stick. Okay. (laughs) Um, and then, like, solving puzzles and, like, asking, you know, she'll, like, sit on a switch and you'll go do another thing and that'll solve a puzzle or, you know, be a bridge that you can cross. Um, you have to like help her up ledges and things like that. Yeah. So your is not very, isn't the powerful one in that situation. Um, you're really the one that's that's doing a lot of the thinking and a lot of the uh, the you know fighting and um, a lot of the heavy lifting, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Last Guardian kind of like turns that around. You're a boy that doesn't really have a lot of. Um, you can't really fight.
0: You yeah. can't
1: really do a whole
0: lot. You've got but you've got good ideas. like yeah. where to go next?
1: Yeah, but yeah. Trico's really like the the powerful one. Trico's the one that can get you up on that ledge. Trico's the one who can fight the enemies. You literally have no way to defeat enemies at all. Right.
0: Um. I saw you shoot lightning out of his tail.
1: Yeah, but that's again that's him mm-hmm. doing that. So you're right. really powerless without him but you're constantly having to convince Trico or the Trico, I guess, mm-hmm. to do the thing that you want it to do. And it's, it's one of those things that can be really frustrating about the game, but it is I think really important to its success.
0: Yeah. I was, I was kind of thinking about it because I've heard a lot of criticism about, you know, Trico's AI or the Trico's AI. Right? <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like if his AI was immediately responsive, the game would just feel boring.
1: Yeah, and I, I read because I was like, I'm super excited about this game. So I read reviews ahead of time and I think there's a little bit of an exaggeration as to how little Trico listens to you. Mm-hmm. I've only been in I've been in one I've only been in one situation where I was trying to get the Trico to do something and it just like was like no fuck you for like a long time. And then I I actually, like, it was the end of the night, so I turned off the game and I came back to the next day. And then Trico, like, immediately did the thing. He's just Uh, overworked.
0: Yeah, poor Trico. He he needed a nice rest. Poor Trico. (laughs)
1: But, um, honestly, most of the times that I've had issues with Trico... Um, and you saw that um, just recently. Right. It's cause Trico seems to have a better idea sometimes of where to go than I do. Right, I was gonna
0: ask you, like, how many times are you frustrated with Trico when really you're the one who's making the error?
1: That's happened more than a few times. And I think that's really interesting too. Because it makes sense, because Trico is kind of, like, of this place that you're in. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that Trico would have a better understanding of how to navigate it. Yeah. Um, and so, you you, uh, you know, sometimes you have to, like, step back when you're getting frustrated and, and pay attention to what Trico's doing. And none of this would work at all if... Trico wasn't so, or the Trico. Sorry, got it.
0: We'll be. just call him Trico.
1: Trico, I'm definitely there's a 90, or I'd say there's a 50 50 chance I'll name my next cat Trico. <laughs> um, but kind of um, cute. Yeah, it's you're caught like because Trico is such a believable um, like character in the game. Mm-hmm. It, Trico animates really well. Um, you saw that when I was playing. Oh yeah, um, and. You know, as you're saying, Trico doesn't always listen to your commands, and your commands are kind of vague, which makes sense. So you really, um, Trico is always, like, kind of a mystery in a way. You're like, what the hell is Trico thinking? Yeah. And it really helped me, like, buy into kind of playing the role of the boy in the game. Like, I'd be like, man, Trico's kind of not into making this jump. Maybe if I pet him for a second, like, he'll, like, you know, soften up to the idea, and then he does. You know? Yeah. And so... But there's no, like... Similarly to how there's no consistent way to get my cat to do anything. (laughs) Like, there's no real consistent way to do... I think she goes a little
0: bit more responsive than your cat. Slightly, yes.
1: (laughs) But, you know, like, if I, like, you know, lay down my bed and I, you know, call out to my cat, like... Mm He might not come immediately, but he'll vent. He like comes like he'll take a second and he'll be like, mm-hmm. uh, and think about it. I'll make you miss me. him first. Yeah, and then he'll come. And Trico kind of acts in the same way. Sometimes, you know, if you overwhelm Trico, you're like, go there. No, seriously, go there. Go there. Trico will be like, nope, screw you. Yeah. Or just like kind of look at you confused. But if you're if you like point somewhere and go, Trico, go there, and just kind of be patient.
0: Yeah, it, Trico responds. It's a it's a weird comparison to make, but it kind of reminds me of like when your Pokemon got too high level, and you didn't have enough badges, and they started mm-hmm. to become disobedient because they're like, "Fuck you, you're a scrub." Yeah, I don't need to listen to you. Yeah, and Trico, like he, that's his that's his environment. You're a little boy. Like sometimes it, it kind of seemed like it wasn't so much you guiding Trico, is like Trico waiting for you to like figure out where he already knows you need to go.
1: Yeah, and that's and it's it's that illusion that they've mm. created with the AI that's that's so impressive. Yeah. Because I've never, I think, encountered such a believable AI character that's not like totally scripted. Yeah. You know? Because is very reactive to a lot of different things. And I assume that's what took so long to make the game. And I can't imagine them running something like that on, you know, the PlayStation
0: 3. Like, I don't think it would have worked. He would have looked a lot more stiff, for sure. Um, Yeah, and just, I think it's, like, little touches, too. Like, how he stretches and, like, I don't know. He just, he he was rendered so lifelike. Yeah. It was really impressive.
1: And I think that's, like... Eco was a game that like quietly moved forward games as a medium with the uh, like companionship thing. Like yeah. that's led to you know games like The Last of Us, for uh, example, Prince of Persia. Yeah. Right? So it's you know that like Eco kind of quietly led to that. Like the most people don't realize it, I feel like, but that Eco inspired so many different games, and uh, Shadow Colossus did something very similar. Like everyone from you know. Halo developers to... This to new Zelda Miyamoto. game. Yeah, I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto, even previous to this new Zelda game, has has talked about the influence of Shadow of Colossus. Yeah. And it's, you know, a bit of a quiet influence. And I think that The Last Guardian is going to do something similar. I think that, um, you know, it's kind of a rough experience, but so is Shadow of Colossus, and so is Ico. Um, But it does something really important that I think people are going to look to the game and developers are going to look to the game and see this, like, really believable... AI character that acts independently but that you kind of work with and also kind of being dependent on an AI character in that way I think that that's something that's that that might you know inspire some new and interesting kinds of games that don't have as many rough edges
0: yeah and I think I think that it's a um it's a brave decision to make to like build a game around having a companion because it's it's really easy for something like that to just become frustrating mm-hmm. you know if it's not done well
1: well and i think that's it's, it's and that's why i said i'd have a hard time recommending it to someone that's not already interested in their team eco games yeah because there are frustrating parts but i think you have to go in with the mindset to really appreciate and enjoy the game that at least those kinds of frustrations with Ika or Trico, um, you know, not really listening immediately and having to kind of think about, you know, how Trico works and thinks and, yeah. and, and how to respond and when to listen, you know, to Trico yeah. or listen to Trico's cues. All those frustrations, I think you have to understand in context. You have to realize that, like, this is, you know... Um, this is part of the artistry of the game. Yeah. Similarly to how Shadow of Colossus, you know, the empty expanse, the overworld, is something you have to understand because it's something you get easily frustrated by not be able to easily navigate this world. But it's part of the artistry of the game, and so it's it's got these, or even the movement of, of eco and eco and um, of you know, um, your character. Uh, Wander and, and Shadow Colossus and then of the, the boy in, in The Last Guardian the, the controls are really like you know um, they're not very tight but that's also has to do with kind of conveying that your character is not particularly powerful or right. or you know super well equipped to take on this challenge and that's also part of the artistry of the game
0: yeah and being a game that took so long to develop like, there are aspects of the game that are reminiscent of, you know, PlayStation 2, 3, oh, yeah. era. Like, you can kind of tell that it, like, it went through phases. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, there's been criticism about, like, the controls... Oh, or, yeah. the camera. But, um, you know, I'm not really so much in- so much as, like, interested in those things because uh-huh. uh, I feel like camera and controls, those are, like, the first two things I can quickly get over.
1: Yeah, well, I think I have... I think there are... Rough, like like I said, some of the rough edges serve for the artistry of the game. Like the controls, I think do. Mm-hmm. I I think that that they, you know, I think that UDEA thought about this character is going to be a little finicky to control because it's a boy and the controls are not going to be exactly what you'd think they would be in every other game because you're not your character's not super well equipped to take on this challenge. Plus, Similarly, you're
0: not. Plus, platforming games have come
1: a long way. Yeah, you know. But also, like, there's some things that are harder to forgive, and those are, um, the frame rate is not great. Um, and, I mean, it's a beautiful game, but, and I assume that Trico's AI is probably taking a lot of the... Those feathers, uh, man. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Lots of feathers.
1: Well, and the AI, I think, is probably using a lot of the processing power, too, I assume, because there's gotta be, there's no way that that's simple, um... And um, if it is, then it's an amazing illusion that they've created. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess if you have a PS Pro and you run in 1080p, it runs a pretty stable 30 frames per second. But on the base PlayStation 4, it kind of has a lot of framerate problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but so did Shadow of Colossus when it came out. But Shadow of Colossus was just, like, so far outside of what the PS2 could do yeah. that you're, like, it was more forgivable.
0: You could see things in the distance. Yeah. You know,
1: like... And, and The Last Guardian, you know, is not, like... It's artistically beautiful, mm-hmm. and but it's not far outside of what we see at a PlayStation 4 games. Yeah. And the camera is, is, is fucking trash, dude. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that camera... I have... When you get into tight spaces, it just, like, doesn't work.
0: I think the game looked so great when you're in, like, an outdoor environment. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised to to learn that so much of the game is in those tight spaces. Mm-hmm. Especially because it, it doesn't seem like a lot of the textures for, like, indoor places vary. Not seems, a lot. Seems pretty, you know. Yeah, but
1: the the architecture does. Okay. And that's something that's, you know... It's, it is, like largely a very beautiful game
0: so it's you know it's about controlling ai and everything but like it mostly just seems like a puzzle game right like you're solving puzzles yeah um but I, that's
1: that's the puzzles aren't great either that's what
0: i wanted to ask you because uh we were talking the other day about like some of our favorite titles mm-hmm. uh, that we've played this year and we'll obviously have like an entire episode dedicated to that but we brought up you know inside and how mm-hmm. great and thoughtful the puzzles were in inside so after playing inside this year and then going to the last guardian like how do you feel about just like you know going through the game solving puzzles
1: the puzzles are all like largely similar like there's not a no there's not a puzzle that i've done that i've been like whoa (laughs) like the closest i've gotten to that is like one with water um that was interesting Mm -hmm. um where you have to, like, get Trico to dive in the water so it increases the water level, and then you, like, go up... You're able to go up to a certain area. And, you know, that's about as, like, inventive as it gets. Most of it is, like, switches, like, you know, pushing blocks. Yeah. Trying to get Trico to be a
0: ladder. Using um, that like a lightning tail to break yeah, something. Yeah, so mm-hmm.
1: so that's not really the game's strength. Yeah. Um, I mean... In Eco, that wasn't the game's strength either. Like the puzzles in Eco are are you know the evolution from the puzzles in Eco to the puzzles in Last Guardian, isn't isn't huge. Mm-hmm. But um, the 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 it I don't really end up caring too much because really it's just like a vehicle to to um, forging that bond with Trico. Yeah. And there's just some there's already been like some moments that have just been so incredible that i don't want to share because i don't want to spoil them All Right. um that have really like been great emotional moments um i i haven't finished it yet though i think i'm like kind of towards the tail end of it mm-hmm. and um you know i'm sure everybody's gonna die at the end because it's a team eco game <laughs> um who knows um but Oh, my cat's sitting on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> he's but, come full circle. Yeah, well he's I think he's getting jealous of Trico. Yeah. Know? He's like, oh why are you playing with this other cat? I've been spending a lot of time. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time with Trico. But so matches has gotta you know, he's gotta compete.
0: <laughs> well, cool man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a game, like I said, that I truly love. If you love so far, I mean, um, if you if you really love Team Eco games, it's it's I think required playing because I think that if you've enjoyed the previous games, you you know what the rough edges look like, yeah, and so you're you're going to be more willing to kind of you know look past them right. to a larger experience. It's very, like I said, never played a game like it. I think it's it's truly unique.
0: Yeah, and you know, speaking of never played a game like it. Um... I can share the same feeling about Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's and,
1: weird. and so in what ways is it weird?
0: Well, I I think that you know, as long as I've lived, right, when someone would say Final Fantasy, it conjures like certain things to the mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like turn based battles, and, yeah. you know, magic and all these things. Uh, and it's been it's been really uh it's been really weird to see all those things like all those like old final fantasy tropes sort of modernized in this new aesthetic um and it seems as if they're like with final fantasy 15 they're working really hard to like carve the path for like a modern final fantasy um and in some ways they succeed swimmingly and then in some ways they stumble
1: I love the word swimmingly. <laughs> it's such a great word. Um, um but but well, let's start with uh, with with what they do really well.
0: Well, the game has an incredible sense of scale. Okay. so like the open world, it I don't know, I don't know if it's kind of deceptive in how it does this, but the open world feels huge. Um, but it's not like Skyrim. like you can't just like like I said before, you can't just go wherever you want. yeah, um but. It's the environment feels like a living, breathing, detailed, huge world that you're a part of. Um, so it, it's I don't know. It's there's something about like the car too. Being in the car and like just just weird in a Final Fantasy hmm. game, but it just it works. And I'm surprised. I really wasn't like too sold on the car idea. Um, but the world is that big where you need a car to get from one spot to another. And the car it it. Serves a good purpose, too. Like, uh, when you're on those car rides, there's a lot of, like, you know, dialogue and stuff. And, like, I think that those um, more boring moments is something that the game captures really well. It's not always just about, like, the highlights of one's journey, right? It's about those more, like, um, just, like, relaxed, boring moments where people really do forge bonds together, right?
1: Yeah, that's where, you know, character building happens. Exactly. That kind of reminds me of, like... um, I think that's something that Uncharted Four did really well um, mm-hmm. this year. Like there were, there's one where you're literally driving like one mission, but there were a lot of like um, quiet moments, and those were really the moments that that stood out and built the game and made those like big, you know, overblown moments pay off. Yeah. So there's is is there more of the like kind of quiet or? Character building moments.
0: There seems to be a good deal of it. You know, sometimes you'll just like set up a campground, and then like out of nowhere, you'll just be hit with a cutscene where you just start talking to you know one of your group members, um, and it can get kind of personal. But it's it's kind of touching because you remember like they're all, you know, they're they're pretty young, and oh, and they're very pretty. They are very pretty. <laughs> um, it's it in some ways it kind of feels like a coming of age tale. You know, one of, you know, a coming of age tale and then a tale of friendship. Um, but, you know, the story I feel ambivalent about because, you know, there are some aspects of the story, like the camaraderie between you and your group, um, which, you know, some of those moments are, are really endearing. But then there are aspects of the story that I don't know. In, co- in comparison to other Final Fantasy games, the, the weight of like what's happening in the game, like the major plot uh, you don't really feel the intensity of that it's hard to um, I kind of don't want to spoil things for you, but like <laughs> um, one thing I will say is that you know there's a huge cataclysmic event that happens to a place, but you've you don't go to that place so you have no attachment to it so like you don't really I don't know yeah it's, and then there's certain things with like the pacing of the story that seem a bit off um, like you'll. I don't know, for instance, you'll be on the main quest line and it's, it's imperative that you get to the next place to do something very important. But, like, you'll be asked if you want to stop somewhere and take a photo, you know? Or, like, do something, you know, that's totally, like, just yeah. innocent and, like, a, like, kind of a waste of time.
1: That's, that's such a... Like, that's something that I feel like comes up, especially in RPGs and especially in open-world RPGs, mm-hmm. is, you know, there's this, like, big sense of urgency about this pressing issue... And then you're spending time like taking pictures or like finding, you know, yeah, like finding uh, pots and pans for a random person on the side of the street. Yeah, and it kind of sucks all the air out of the conflict because you, you know, you're there's this massive world changing conflict. Why the fuck would you be spending your time doing all this other shit? Yeah, you know,
0: and there's there's tons of side quests in the game, but like you're totally right. A lot of them are just, like, simple fetch quests where you're, like, taking something from a diner to another place. And, like, you you really have the weight of the, the entire world on your shoulders, and you're doing this, like, meaningless errand yeah. for somebody, uh, totally wasting time. Uh, and, and the biggest problem with a lot of these quests is, like, you don't really know where these quest chains are going to go if you're, like, just in it for experience, if there's mm-hmm. some, like, great reward waiting for you. Uh, so sometimes, like... I'll be asking myself like why am I even like doing this side quest one like what am I really going to get out of it yeah um
1: you know what what game really did uh did well with solving that problem mm -hmm. it's a game you don't really like a lot what Witcher 3
0: yeah I hear so much praise for the Witcher 3 and like it it always angers me because I'm like Not not that I don't think it's a great game, but like, why couldn't I enjoy it? (laughs) Like, what is what is wrong with me? (laughs)
1: Because Witcher, I mean, Witcher Three is a game about you know finding someone. Yeah, and so it makes so there's not as much of an urgency, I guess, because there's not this like cataclysm. Who knows where you'll find them exactly? And so it's a lot more you know, there's not as much dissonance with your with your actions and then, you know, your role in the story because you could, you know, ideally... Or you could be legitimately doing something in a weird random place that could lead you to more clues or more information. Sometimes it does. You know, yeah. sometimes the side quests do tie in nicely the story and have, like, effects on the ending of the game. But there's not that... um, you know, pressure to to deal with some kind of world changing problem, and yeah. then you're going picking fucking flowers, right? You know, for some random dude on the side of the road in a village. Yeah. So yeah, It sounds like Final Fantasy 15 doesn't
0: really care about that problem. Like, no, it doesn't seem as like it does. Another big problem too is that I mean, the game is kind of revolving around this conflict between two nations, um, but it doesn't really explain like how that conflict uh impacts the greater world around it Mm -hmm. um it kind of just seems like the game it's in a bubble you know in final fantasy 7 for instance like a meteor is right right like a meteor is crashing into earth yeah and you know life on the planet that's like a huge thing that affects the entire world yeah um but final fantasy 15 really does feel like it's in a bubble you know, and not to just keep
1: being like, you know what other, what game solves this problem? <laughs> but did you ever play Dragon Age Inquisition? Uh, I think I played, was
0: that the second one?
1: That, no, that was Dragon Age 2. Inquisition was the one for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I guess they had a on PS3. I did play it, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of most people's, because it's not a particularly yeah. memorable game. It was like a really cool game at the time, and then you realize it was,
0: but it's it was, it was okay.
1: But what they did was, remember that there's like a map, there's like a map room that you go into, Mm -hmm. and then you're, um, you like put some, because you're in charge of a bunch of soldiers, so you're like putting different soldiers in different areas to do different activities across the world that kind of all build towards your greater goal. And I think that was an interesting way to solve that problem too, is keeping you like, even if you're kind of doing another thing, um, you're keeping yourself engaged in in world issues. Yeah, you know it's like it's like when the president goes goes out on a walk. It's got people doing things of somewhere course. else. Of course, yeah, yeah. It,
0: I don't know. It that just seemed to be like such a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting like the story to take so long to kind of like grip me. Yeah. Um, so I, I think right now, like what drives the story forward is not so much like what's the resolution going to be to this conflict. It's more so just like. Um, Revolving around Noctis, you know, and like, yeah. is he going to be able to, you know, uh, you know, carry the burden of being the next king? Is he gonna be able to see that through? I, I don't know. It doesn't. It's not really gripping me as quickly as uh, previous Final Fantasy games did. That, I
1: think that's. It's so the characters aren't terrible. No, no, th- th- they're that's all that's new. Yeah, for,
0: well, recently. Well, Noctis <laughs> isn't the most likable protagonist yeah. for a Final Fantasy game. Um, But I think that nowadays, like, we're like really into like anti heroes and, you know, like, there's like having uh, characters be a little bit more dynamic in the stories we tell. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's okay. But um, the group, I like the members of the group. I like them all. They're all different in their own way. Uh, One really, and this is kind of an aside, but one really, really cool aspect of the game uh that's strange is one of the members of the group prompto he carries a camera and he's just sort of taking photographs of like the group and their surroundings like throughout your journey and anytime you get to like a campground or you like save or whatever uh it just will show you like 15 photographs that he took and you can save some of them Aww, it's kind of cute yeah so you get to like kind of document your journey as you go along I wonder if there's
1: like a scrapbooking
0: minigame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a ni- it's a nice touch. I oh, speaking of mini games, every Final Fantasy game has a mini game, um, and there's this... one. It's called Justice Monsters Five, I think. It's pretty good. I no, so far is, I like is it. it.
1: Is it Blitzball level?
0: No, no, it's not.
1: You know, Blitzball. There are people that just fucking hate Blitzball.
0: I fucking hate those people. Yeah, I... that's a great game.
1: Blitzball was
0: awesome. Yeah. Final
1: Fantasy X is the last Final Fantasy game that I like played through and really enjoyed Same. I, I probably would have enjoyed 12 but i don't know like i heard really good things about it when and i
0: first moved here the first thing i did because i didn't have a job uh i was like well you're like well I've got let's this, get lost i've got this ps2 you know like we didn't even have internet yet i was like i've got this ps2 i'm just sitting here i'm gonna play final fantasy 12 and i tried uh but yeah i didn't get through it i'll uh i
1: i played final fantasy 13 um, I might have a copy sitting there on my shelf, um, that I borrowed from a friend and never gave back, or maybe finally took it back. But anyway, um, it's, uh, I, I was like, yeah, it's fine, it's linear, like totally 110% linear because it's really the combat that matters and I got bored of the combat. Because yeah. the game's like a hallway. Yeah. I think someone like mapped out the game and was like look it's basically a hallway with like tiny like side things that don't really matter
0: Yeah. Um, it, it it seems like 15 is kind of a nice blend because you, you have moments where you're on a chocobo and you're just out in the open world free to go wherever you want and it, it just the world feels completely wide open um, and then there's times where it, you know you're down a path you know if you're in a dungeon or I don't know on a side quest and you just get led down a path where there are walls. You can't go over them. Um, but I think that, I think that sometimes those, uh, those boundaries give the game structure and they help. Mm -hmm.
1: Do you think that the game has, um, because clear, it sounds like there's a lot of like influence from Western RPGs and that's definitely been something that, you know, Japanese games. I think
0: the Witcher just like changed rpgs in general
1: yeah well the witcher's fucking great <laughs> um but do you think that it's it's lost it's like you know japanese unique quality that we would find in a japanese game i don't or think so do you so. think that they they maintain that and and then how if you think that they maintain that
0: um well i think it's like subtle touches that you're just not gonna find in you know north american rpgs uh like You know, like, the they have some fresh ideas. Like, the Prompto with his camera. Um, I don't know. There's fishing in the game. It's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, It just, it's kind of hard to pin down and talk about, but the game just has, uh, it just, it feels odd when you're playing it. I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't, huh. You pinned me with this question. Yeah,
1: oof. (laughs) We should have screened some questions beforehand, like a, like like we're on a late night show. <laughs> um, it just got to get them approved with your agent.
0: It's just it's just a strange game. I don't know. <laughs> Japanese people, it's just weird, man. It there's things about Racist. it that there's things about it that don't quite make sense. Like like there's there's hunts that you can accept to go like fight monsters, but you can only like do one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, you sell treasures, so you have to like manually sell each one and it takes a while but that's your main source of income um questionable things like that one thing i want to talk about that's i'm totally dodging your question great Um, but one thing i want to talk about is magic in the game uh because that's i feel like one of the the weaker points of the game is it's called elemency and you basically just like uh you basically find like resources for lightning uh ice and fire in the world and you're filling up these flasks, and you basically use magic kind of like an item. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it's it's kind of cumbersome because, like, you wanna you wanna harvest ninety nine. Let's say you wanna harvest ninety nine lightning. That way, you can make a lightning spell with ninety nine potency. So all you're doing is filling up your stockpile of lightning resource, making something, and then filling it up again, and then making something, and then filling it up again i don't know it just it's kind of cumbersome because like you'll maybe be able to harvest half of the deposit right and then you gotta to have to go into the menus make your lightning flask exit back out harvest some more it just isn't very fluid and it's not very fun i don't know magic is kind of like it, it for the most part in final fantasy it's been like a huge thing uh but in 15 it's kind of boring
1: so what's what's your assessment of the game so far overall?
0: I, I sound pretty negative about this, but I've really been loving it. Um I just think that the world is so gorgeous and so detailed uh and it has such a sense of scale. It I don't know. I've been, I've been loving it. And I and I feel like, you know, that modernization of like old Final Fantasy tropes, like they do miss the mark sometimes, but most of the time they they like really like do something impressive. That's just like I don't know. It feels like they really poured their hearts into this game. And even when you turn the game on, it says like on the very first screen, like a Final Fantasy for first-timers and fans, Ooh. you know. And it really does feel like that.
1: That's uh that's good because I feel like Final Fantasy was at its make or break moment as far as like the single player games are concerned.
0: I think Final Fantasy 15 is is trying to reinvent itself tastefully.
1: You yeah, know, Final Fantasy was the game that saved Squaresoft, or you know, yeah, Square oh, yeah, Soft,
0: yeah, right? weren't they like about to go bankrupt? Yep, and then they're like,
1: yeah, that was their final fantasy, yeah, <laughs> huh. But they did it now. Really, we have like 15,000 final fantasy games. How many final
0: anything can you have? Yeah, which one uh, is at going to be 15? the final fantasy?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Maybe the last one will just be called the final fantasy, yeah.
1: Um, Will there ever be a last one? Right before the apocalypse. Yeah, which, you know, yeah, let's put a dollar in the Trump jar. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) With with that said, now that we've talked about Donald Trump at least once in our podcast, I think it's time for us to take a cry break.
0: Yeah, that was our prerequisite. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Keek said he had some things he wants to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Well, last week while we were recording, like,
1: literally exactly as we were recording, there was the uh, keynote for the, the PlayStation Experience 2016, mm-hmm. which I went back and watched some of that, and I was impressed by the amount of games that they and surprises that they kind of, like, packed in that event. Like, things that you would, like, save for, you know, E3 normally. Yeah. And it made me pretty stoked. Um, and the thing that really got me excited was Last of Us Part Two, yes, which which is I the sequel I never knew I needed just mm-hmm. based on the the teaser trailer alone, which I'm sure um, gives basically no indication of what the game is going to be.
0: Is that okay? Is that game going to be the first gay female lead in a video game?
1: I don't know. Um, I would say no. Okay. Maybe. Cuz yeah, actually no. Huh. I don't know. Let's let's go let's go back into our At least I think it is probably in the like mainstream like big budget blockbuster games. Right. Yeah. But cuz cuz as you implied just now, Ellie is going to be the lead character of the game. Like you are going to play as Ellie which is excellent because she is there's just a there's so many unanswered questions from the first game because you remember that ending
0: oh i love the ending
1: yeah where they escape from the you know firefly um compound and she you know thinks she saved humanity with her blood or whatever yeah and joel lies to her oh
0: it was a cold why
1: yeah cuz Joel fucking shot everybody. <laughs> he, so um when we that trailer Ellie is just like playing guitar, singing a song and then Joel comes in and she's just like he, you know, he's like I'm sure are you sure you want to do this and she's like I'm going to kill every last one of them. Oh yeah. She's so bloodthirsty. Yeah, and that just what what happened. Yeah. Like is it because the lie Joel told like well
0: she's a lot older so I feel like yeah she's supposed to be of... like
1: 19 they said
0: okay so not
1: a lot lot older but how old
0: was she in last of us part I 1? I think
1: she was like 15 16 like okay. she was definitely like younger but I, I, it's not that far in the future yeah and I don't know I just wonder like it, it was such a like masterful teaser in so many ways. Because, you know, pick up the guitar, or you see the, like, firefly sign at the beginning, and you're like, okay, this is The Last of Us. Yeah. And then, you know, you see someone pick up the guitar, and their hands are shaking, and, like, you're like, okay, this is is probably Joel, you know, picking up the guitar and starting to play. And then the camera, like, slowly pans up, and you're like... Oh, it's Ellie, mm-hmm. and then like blood runs down her face. You're like, oh, some shits going on. <laughs> and then like you see like a figure kind of walking into there, and you're like, who's that? Is this someone who's coming to kill? You know, <laughs> Ellie. And then it's just walking through. You're like, look at those dead bodies. What the fuck did Ellie do? Oh, and then you like they pan the camera up when you know the character that walks in gets to the door where you know Ellie's where Ellie is, and you pan up and you see the beard. You're like, oh, that's Joel. And then. they're just like shit something like there's just in such a short period of time with with so little as far as like dialogue they implied so many different things yeah created so many questions and got me so fucking stoked (laughs) thank you
0: thank you for sharing the the little man inside your head (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) well i think it was kind of like masterful the way they put that and it's i mean you you expect that from naughty dog at this point they're you know Right. They are they they are good at storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really their specialty, and um, and they're really good at that like particular kind of storytelling where you you know, ooh, this is surprising, you know, surprising you all the time, yeah, um, and and keeping you really interested. And so they they condense that down to
0: like a minute long trailer. Did Did you feel after you finished the the first Last of Us that there was going to be a sequel? I mean. I I thought that it was
1: kind of a game that didn't need a sequel. Yeah. Sort of like with Bioshock was a game I felt like didn't need a sequel. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I felt like it was very singular, um, and, um, but the ending was a bit of a cliffhanger. But I thought that was kind of part of its appeal.
0: Yeah. Ending. I yeah I just thought the ending was so great that I would have been happy for that to be like the the period.
1: Yeah, but they really, in that little trailer, really sold to me that I, I need another Last of Us game. <laughs> yeah. And also I think that having, the you know, you play as Ellie is going to be something that will be, um, you know, really positive. And, and it's actually one of two games Naughty Dog announced um, where they're going to have, f- you know, female lead characters.
0: Right, yeah. Um, aren't they doing more Uncharted stuff? Yeah,
1: they're doing an Uncharted game where it's... Um, the two of the like female leads from the last two uncharted games we'll it's leave. a
0: full-fledged game
1: i i'm not entirely sure um mm-hmm. i i think it's standalone but they say it's a new chapter but a new chapter can mean a whole new game or it can mean you know a chapter in the sense of the game is split into chapters
0: yeah you know is each game a chapter is or is each game a book
1: yeah who knows <laughs> <laughs> explain your metaphor please right? Or your analogy, or you know, English. I I, I only teach it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but that was exciting. And then they also announced, and this is maybe something that you're not familiar with. Um, they they announced that that day the game Let It Die was going to be released as a free to play game on the PlayStation Store. And are you familiar, Stephen, with the work of Suda Fifty Two? Uh. Or is it 2 to 51? I, Who knows? Did they did they make Def Jam? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, 2 to 52, or 51, I think it's 52. He is a developer. He made um, Killer7. Oh, okay. Um, he made No More Heroes. Yeah. Or no, no More Heroes. On the Wii, right? Um, yeah, No More Heroes 2. Um, and then some games after that that were very good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he he perceives himself as kind of, like, punk rock, you know, gamer. So the games are really, like, kind of messy, um, really brash, um, have a lot of, like, like stupid juvenile humor and, yeah. like, dick jokes. Um, okay. You know, one of the newer games, like, you, there's, like, just, like, a gi- giant dildo as a weapon that you can get. So just ridiculous. But, I mean, Killer7... Uh, in particular, it was a really, really interesting game that was very divisive, but I, I enjoyed, and a lot of my friends we we all enjoyed it. We played it like a few times together, mm-hmm. um, and so let it die is kind of with that has that same styling and that same kind of tone, but it's supposed to be like a Dark Souls esque kind of game, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, so I downloaded it. And, you know, I started it, and they set up the story really well, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I started playing it, and I was like, oh, this is trash. Um, yeah. It's just, it's an action game that has just awful controls and Christmas, awful systems. Christmas
0: came early for you, Keeks, and it was cool.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, I haven't, I haven't been playing his last couple games anyway, because they weren't really great anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, guess... Guess this is the end of Suda 52 for me. Yeah. So if, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking whether you want to use your hard drive space to download this game, I give it a hearty um, non-recommendation.
0: Yeah. I say no. Well, I'll I'll not waste my time then. Yeah. Uh, I heard that Kojima's next game, Death Stranding, is going to use the same engine as... Uh, horizon zero dawn that game that's coming out
1: dang because that whatever that engine is it's
0: it's beautiful it's
1: amazing yeah yeah and um i, I still want to know what death stranding like i i think it's just gonna be a stealth game it's what i'm the sense i'm kind of getting yeah but um we that's, we that's have...
0: his forte right
1: yeah, and I would love more information about that game.
0: Well, I one thing that I noticed he did say is that one of the reason why one of the reasons why they picked that that engine uh, from Guerrilla is because it works really well with open world games. So, I think Metal Gear
1: Solid found its stride again by being open world. Right. Um, kind of similarly to how. Um, Final Fantasy 15 You're kind of saying how the stories take or story takes a little bit of a backseat, yeah, um, compared to the older games. Um, Metal Gear Solid five did kind of the same thing. story wasn't like super important. The it's gameplay true. really took center stage. Although death stranding, I can't see how. The story wouldn't be important because it's just insane, yeah, and I have no weird. idea what's going on. Yeah, and uh, I think that my eyes will burn out if I play that game, <laughs> but in a good way. Um, but um, let's see what else happened in the world of games this week. Um, the the um, Reggie Fizama came onto Jimmy Fallon's show and made Jimmy Fallon a very excitable little boy. Um.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He was excited, all right.
1: Yeah, I was like, I was like, I really want to watch this clip, but I'm really tired of Jimmy Fallon being this excited. Like, yeah. but then I was like, you know what? If you handed me the Nintendo Switch to play
0: at this moment in time, I'd probably be about that excited too. Yeah, um, yeah. It looked cool. I think that Jimmy Fallon's excitement was kind of feigned. <laughs> you think? <laughs> But
1: you think he didn't know ahead of time that you think it was. It he was, knew it was under that question. It was part. a genuine surprise. Yeah. So for those of you who don't follow Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> <laughs> um, Reggie fils came on to um, Jimmy Fallon show as, as well as Shigeru Miyamoto, um, who played a wonderful rendition of the Mario theme song with the roots. Um, and that was yeah. adorable. Um, but, um, Reggie fils came on and, um, showed off the Mario game that's coming out next week for iPhone, which looks really good, and I will purchase. It made me want an iPhone. Yeah. iPhone and iPad. I have both of those. <laughs> um. And, uh, it'll come out on Android, they said, um, eventually. Like, it's not, you're, you're not, a
0: uh, Yeah, but it, it won't be relevant then, Keeks.
1: Yeah, but it'll still be fun fun it's actually nintendo's first smartphone game that they're developing yeah um so i really think they're they they know they have to nail it apparently miyamoto like helped like actually like took a hands-on approach with the game like he designed levels he took a
0: break from feasting on the souls of children yes which is his (laughs) normal activity
1: yeah (laughs) to give his creative touch exactly but also um you know they showed off the nintendo switch and it's the first time that we've seen in real time someone playing a Nintendo switch, yeah, so that's new, and it answered a couple of questions. One, Zelda looks great on it. Mm. it looks just as good as the footage they were showing previously, which was not Nintendo switch. in fact, might look a little bit better. Um, some like redditors were like analyzing it. Let's and-
0: hope for that. For the sake of that Skyrim gameplay, they should. Yeah. You look kind of trash from the original trailer.
1: Yeah, well, you know, life. <laughs> but also, um, if, you know, they demonstrate taking out of the dock and then just starting to play it, and that Switch switch. Oh, That Switch Mm -hmm. was nearly instantaneous. Like, it didn't take long. Like,
0: it took, like, a second or two for the game to just, like, load up on that screen. Yeah. So that's a good sign as well. I feel like I'm gonna buy this system for the name alone. Because after Wii and Wii U, my standards aren't very high.
1: Yeah, at least, like, Switch came out, you know, with the name that everyone didn't instantly ridicule.
0: Yeah. Didn't attribute to having, like, a phallic origin. Yeah. So so
1: (laughs) put one in the win column for nintendo (laughs) well done Uh your name isn't a dick joke (laughs) which is the standard we hold nintendo to now um but you know it it, it's it's something that i'm excited for and something that i am scared i'm not going to be able to pre-order in time
0: yeah I noticed you haven't gotten uh, the NES Classic. NES Classic. That's
1: because it is fucking impossible to get yeah. one for for the normal price. Right. And I am not going to play that game, uh, in the figurative sense, right. and in the literal sense, I guess, because I'm I'm not able to purchase it. Do you know
0: Do you know personally how much they're going for on eBay?
1: Um, like in the like two to three hundred range, Whew. which is stupid. So dumb. And I just don't know, Nintendo... And that's why I'm scared about the Switch, because Nintendo always makes this mistake. And if they're making a mistake with something that's, like, low-risk, cheap hardware, like the NES Classic, where they could have over-made that... Because there's no way that thing costs more than, like, $10 to make. It probably costs less than that Yeah. to make.
0: like It's got, like, the, the processing power of a TI-84.
1: Yeah. So, the, the like... If, if they're, like, scared to oversupply that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, imagine with the Nintendo Switch where the profit margin is probably a lot thinner, like, imagine how few of those they're going to make. Yeah. And how hard it's going to be to find, and how long I'm mean, going to have to fucking wait to play Zelda. It's
0: okay, Keeks. We'll get a tent,
1: and we'll camp out. You know, the last time I did that, and the only time I did that, was for the Nintendo Wii. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It was, and it was, it was funny because I wasn't even getting one for myself. I was, like, getting one for someone else. I was just, like, a couple of my friends were camping out in front of Best Buy. We were just having part of the experience, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I remember that (laughs) I had just gotten my first car, like, two weeks before the Wii came out. And I backed my car into my mom's boyfriend's suv and put a huge dent in it and didn't even phase me i was like i don't care i'm going to get a wii <laughs> my, my <laughs> I'm life i gonna is, play zelda my life is great um, yeah and then i played red steel and then then it started to sink in that i crashed my car
1: yeah <laughs> we camped out for two nights in front of best buy two nights two nights and there was this like dude who's at the front of line it was like had a whole check-in system. We had to check in every hour to keep our place in line. Oh and all my that. god! Yeah, there was it was intense, and that's when rhinos still existed. Also, and there were people camping out in front of rhinos, um, which was an old game store that was actually started in Gainesville but became a chain um, and got bought out by GameStop like everything else. Sure. Um, and um, they, someone like threw like a bunch of shit at people that are camping there. Um, we had no such problems, but it was so cold. Like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, the game, cause in Gainesville, it we're can, in Florida. Though. Yeah, <laughs> we're in Florida. Although in Gainesville, it can get like, you know, we're in the Northern part of Florida mm-hmm. and get a little, it gets like 10 degrees colder than it does in like Orlando a lot of nights. It's yeah. going to be like in the thirties tonight. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is for, that's definitely Florida cold. Um, <laughs> and, um, we we slept out there in our sleeping bags on the fucking concrete, didn't have a tent. Yeah. And for two nights, my sister brought us pizza. Um
0: I remember there were people driving by and they were screaming Harry Potter spoilers out of their car. <laughs> They're like, this is not that line. Yeah. Wrong line guys.
1: <laughs> Gimme those Zelda spoilers. <laughs> Which is you know, and that's what you know. We we played the shit out of Twilight Princess. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, that was ex- it. Was worth the wait. That's actually that the morning after when I I skipped my um, rock and roll in America class um, to play. <laughs> so <the Wii>. fitting. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. I got a C in that class. Um, wow. Yeah, it was my only C. My first semester, I got all A's and a C. C. In that class my first semester at uf wow
0: and you know a thing about rock and roll in america
1: well it was very the tests were very specific it was like who did keith richards have lunch with like this one time in the thing that you read in the book i was like i don't fucking care Damn, dude. Um, your
0: professor worked for tmz yeah
1: now our, the professor actually wrote this like very extensive book about the history of rock and roll which coincidentally was the textbook for the class wow. um man Damn. made a lot of money i'm sure what a, what
0: a con man.
1: Um, yeah, but that's actually the origin of the spelling of m- Keeks as a nickname. Because when we entered it, because I, I, you know, when we spell Keeks, we do K-I-I-K-S. And, you know, before then, there was no established spelling of Keeks. Oh. And so um, <laughs> we, uh, um, when we were making our me's, I was like, haha, get it? K-I-I-K-S, Keeks. Wow. Origin story, and and, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then it and then you know when I started playing shows and stuff around Gainesville, that was a you know name that showed on stuff, and so that's just damn dude. Yeah,
0: your uh, historical ties to video games run deep,
1: man. Yeah, dude, I don't I don't fuck around, man. <laughs> I it's it's funny because I I maybe I may know more about video games than I know about English literature. And I have a bachelor's degree in English literature, <laughs> and I have zero degrees in video games. Um, but you know, whatever. I hope I
0: live to see a day where you can get a degree in just video game. I mean, as like a humanities. Degree. I'm
1: I'm sure there's you can get an English degree like and specialize in video games. Mm-hmm. You know, in the stu- in stu- I took some classes at UF that were um, based around games. Yeah. Um, one was called, like, narratology in new media. It was, like, narrative, um, you know, how, like, narratives and stories are, are, like, structurally different in games than they would be in a book. Um, That's awesome. Or in, like,
0: hypertext fiction and things like that. There was one video game class at UCF um, that was related to my major, but it was run by, like, a grad student uh-huh. who was, like, a TA in one of my classes. And I really, really didn't like her.
1: You know the first reading that we did in that class was kind of if I if my memory serves me correctly was to kind of dispel that it was a video games class but it was a class instead about narrative uh-huh. and kind of talking about the like how much of a pain in the ass it can be to teach a game based around video games because students will come in that are big like fans of video games and they will be like they're like, I know everything about games. Mm-hmm. And so they don't even, like, they won't listen to the professor, really. Yeah. Um, because they're approaching it from a different, you know, a different um, space.
0: So yeah. it's, it's a good thing that video games and politics don't mix.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I've had some interesting things with politics at school, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about them on a podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss after. Off the record. Uh, oh, <laughs> All right. Well, well I, I think we've talked ourselves into a hole. Um, yeah, I'm ready
0: for these juicy tidbits. They're not that juicy.
1: <laughs> it's not as exciting as I made it sound. Okay. Uh, um, or, or really incriminating or anything at all. Sounds like uh, our podcast. Yeah, I think we did it. <laughs> so, uh, no, we have an intro, but we don't have an outro. Uh. Uh, listen to us again. Tell your friends. Or don't. And have a wonderful week. Next week we'll be talking about. We need to come up with like ridiculous categories for games of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll compile a list and I'll then do we'll, some we'll do the post facto awards. <laughs> the Post facto game awards. <laughs> we only give them to games that came out three years ago. Yeah. Uh, not everyone can get a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be our tagline. Anyway. <laughs> um, with that said, have a wonderful week. Yep. Yep. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.